Good morning and welcome to Generation Tech. I'm Todd Brinker. I am joined by my dad, Jack. How you doing today? Real good, Todd. Good to hear your voice. Real good. Likewise. Yeah. I'm, uh... So, anyway, I've uh, been playing with my little gadget here a bit more, the audio yeah. wow that we kind of discussed just briefly the last time and yeah, and, yeah, we've kind of talked, you, you told us when you ordered it, and then last week you'd gotten it but hadn't had much time to play around with it, so um, uh, so now you've had a little more time with it, so tell us about your toy. Yeah, well, uh, the uh, the device is uh, uh, comes with an app that you download, and the first thing I learned this last week, I thought about an another possible use that maybe I could demonstrate it while we were online doing this. Mm -hmm. uh, but the only place that I have an app for it is on the phone. And apparently I could do Skype on the phone, but, you could. For, some, but, but for some reason it doesn't want, I can't sign in and I can't get anybody to help me. Uh, you know, I don't remember the old passwords. I haven't used it in so long. But I figured right. I should be able to get the password off of the working version that I have on my computer, but I never got around to that. Yeah. So, I uh, Last time we went through this, I, I wrote down your, your Skype password and login so I could get you in if you needed to. So if you want to try that, we can do that at some point. Um, but the um, – so, so explain to me. I thought the audio wow basically sat in line between your microphone and the device. So why do you – but if it does that, then you can't control it with the app? It doesn't. They're not like attached via Bluetooth or anything. They have to be well, physically attached. I as when I bought it, and I haven't gone back and checked the advertising literature. I thought it just said iOS, which to me meant okay. iPad and phone. You know. Right. Uh, yeah. But although that's then, now iPad OS, so that is different. <laughs> that's right, and I think that's the catch. Uh, yeah. I wasn't. I wasn't thinking in those terms, and I got it on the iPad, and I tried to download the thing. And uh, it wouldn't let me do it. But then I used to be able to download iPhone apps, you know, on the iPad. And right. now my choice is... And you're supposed is, to still be able to do that. Well, the choice that I had the other day was iPad only or iPhone only. Okay? So I switched it to iPhone only. And uh, then, then I couldn't get... It still didn't find the uh, Audio Wow uh. app. That's interesting so, because that was my understanding is is that yeah if you go to iPhone apps so you can just see the iPhone apps then it'll then you can download an iPhone app and it should run on your iPad without any trouble and I know I've got a few that do that it's a little frustrating because it's this you know iPhone screen either floating in the middle of your screen or you can double its size and then it's kind of blown up but it's still a phone app which very different you know is very different than a tablet app but right. uh, yeah, in so, fact, that's sort of the whole Mac lineup right now, right? Is you have the phone, you run phone apps. You have the uh, iPad, you can run iPad and iPhone apps. And if you have one of the new M1 Macs, you can run Mac, iPad, and iPhone apps. Yeah. So, you know, we're headed that direction. But anyway, my I was frustrated in the fact that apparently uh, the only way I can use the audio wow is with the phone. Okay. Hmm. Uh, Interesting. Interesting. It, it, I mean, the only thing it's lacking, of course, is the is the actual phone app itself, which it does support. So you can use the audio while, you know, like if uh, if I had if you had called 
on my phone. I thought about answering right. with that on there and and uh, playing around, but anyway. So I, I, that, so how does the, how how does the app attach to the device? Is it Bluetooth. is it Bluetooth? Bluetooth. Okay. Now, so now, can it, you use the? Well, here's what I'm asking though. Can't you plug the audio wow into or in between? Like plug your headphones into it and have the output plugged into your computer, your laptop, and still use your phone then to control it. Uh, there is a speaker port that also has a microphone. I'm I'm sorry. There's a microphone port that comes with a little headset, and so it gives you a remote, what they call a remote microphone. So it's like this headset that I'm using to talk to you. I could use it as well uh, because it's just a little microphone and and a headset, you know. And so I could plug this one in there and, and use it that way. So I thought, well, if we needed to maintain quality, if we didn't think this microphone was good enough, then, you know, I could switch headsets. Now, the right. other headset is just the little earbuds. It doesn't have the over-the-ear right. but but, but is there an output on on the device? So can I pass audio through yes. the device? And okay, so why can't I take the output and pass it into a PC then, and still control it with the phone? It, it's the same. Uh, it's called. It's referred to as a monitor. Okay, in the software, so that uh, basically that's its purpose is for you to monitor what's going on, and the. Uh, the primary inputs are via Bluetooth or directly into the app from other apps, like uh, uh, playing a, a music app, so, or, or so mm -hmm. that you can so that you can have a song and strip the the vocal out of the song. And that's one of the demos that I had sent you, and you didn't have a chance to play with that yet. But anyway, right. uh, the uh, the other possible inputs are you can have stereo input in that you can buy their other speaker and plug it into this jack that I'm talking about. Then mm -hmm. I don't know what you do Microphone. about monitor. Yeah, I don't know what you do about a monitor with that because it doesn't, you know, you're using this there's one one plug. <laughs> there's actually right. two plugs on the device, but the one on the bottom is strictly for recharging the battery. So that's not a functional. Uh -huh. And and all the other connections to it are via Bluetooth. You know, okay. to the to the phone itself right. and, and other things that you can bring into the phone, but uh, so it's uh, okay. Anyway, uh, okay, I can think of a way to to mess with that because there are splitters that will take the the plug and split out the the headphone and the mic. So you could plug a mic into one, and the headphone could then go from. Uh, you could take the headphone output then and send it into the into your Mac, and then you could plug your your current studio headphones back from the Mac. You know, so it'd go into the Mac mic port, and then you could use mm -hmm. a USB connection for your current stereo headphones so that you could get input from the mic and and output to the headphones. But that's jumping through an awful lot of hoops and having a lot of different kind of connectors. And it's probably um, yeah. And clergy. I don't have very many connectors on my on my uh, uh, Mac. It, you know, it's one of these that only has this audio jack app, and then it's got one other input. <laughs> right, and yeah, you have an audio jack where you could put the mic in, and then you could use that, but then you'd have to run on batteries because you can't run power through it unless you have another adapter, another dongle. Welcome to Mac world, right? Yeah. Although apparently not... they're trying to get away from that, but... 
Uh, we'll see. Yeah. We'll see. Yeah. Since the 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 March twenty third uh, announcement apparently isn't happening today. <laughs> oh, that's right. That was supposed to be something, but who knows? It's the days. Yeah. Get, just get a couple started. days ago. Yeah, a couple days ago, somebody came out and said, "No, that that's not really going to happen." That in fact, Apple had intentionally leaked March twenty third to certain employees to try to catch them in 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 lying or leaking their information and breaking their contract. So, because uh, Apple obviously oh. is trying to crack down on that. They don't like people telling about what their stuff. Rumor has it that they're going to have something in the first or second week of April, which is unusual for them. But, uh, and, and I know we're, we kind of switched tacks here, but you know that they've also, they uh, announced that they're done with the iMac Pro um, a week ago, and I think we talked about that. They now no longer have in stock for purchase the Intel-based Mac iMac just the plain iMac in either the 512 uh, gigabyte or the one terabyte uh, storage sizes. So uh, yeah. they're clearly clearing out their inventory uh, and selling oh, yeah. off the last of that stuff. So that, that you know, which means that there's got to be an, a, a new iMac uh, to be released imminently. Right. So, so anyway, let's go back to your audio. Wow. Uh, well, uh, the, the thing about it is, it's a it's a fairly com. Uh, well, I don't know how to say it. That in order to connect, first of all, to the uh, app, if you just bring up Audio Wow, it just tells you it's not connected because it doesn't find the Bluetooth connection to the device, and therefore you don't you get nothing. So you absolutely have to turn on the device in order to use the Audio Wow app to see what it'll do. Okay, so once it's on and connected via Bluetooth, then the default uh, on is the basically a record button with a little uh, chart at the top and uh, a timer, so you can see how long you're recording. So the whole basic thing behind this is a mechanism for recording different uh, uh, either audio or video. On this same screen, audio is the default, uh, but I today, sending it to you, went and switched over to video just to show that uh, mm -hmm. it's connected, but I haven't done any more than that with video. Uh, also, on this first screen to the left and right of this uh, start and stop button for recording, the on the left is a setup button, and that which takes you to another screen. So... Just a minute. I blocked up my iPad now. Okay. Anyway, uh, if you go to the setup screen, there gives you a variety of uh, different things like audio record file format, either ACC, MP3, or WAV. Then it says light in recording, and I don't know quite what this says. Uh, it says breathing, blinking, or off. Uh, and I don't know. I've okay, so it's it referring breathing. to an LED light that's on the device. Blinking would be flash, flash, flash. Breathing is like it, 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 it slowly gets brighter, then slowly dims, then slowly gets brighter, then slowly dims, and then yeah. off is off, obviously. But so, but, it's, but there's no dis I, I don't have an operating manual or anything to tell me what the significance of any of these are. You have to interpret them yourself, which I find a bit annoying. Uh, I've... I've uh, gone on to the website and started to explore that and got interrupted, but they do have a, a support 
thing for each device they sell, and maybe I'll find more there. But then the next one is a double-click button. Uh, the little device has this red button on the side that's a power on and power off. And in order to do that, you have to hold it on for three seconds, and I think it's two seconds, and it'll go off. Just hold the button down. But you can apparently double-click it and choose uh, an option here that you want, like play and pause is the suggested default. But apparently you can do other things with it. Uh, and uh, then the fourth option on here is pitch shift, and which, which will automatically pitch, uh, mo move your voice a scale higher or, or scale lower, however you want to do it, mm -hmm. but just a shift. Uh, now, it, uh, uh, I, I couldn't tell much difference by that, but uh, it's there. Uh, then it has auto record on call. Now, here's where the phone comes in. If somebody calls, you can record the phone call. And I've just left that off because I didn't have anybody to... I was thinking about using it with you. But anyway, the, uh, the next one is voice prompts. And I have that on, and that is when uh, it talks to you, but I'm hard of hearing sometimes and don't quite get it, so it'll also uh, put little... Uh, some, sometimes there's some indicator on the screen that's while it's talking. So like when you power on, it says power on, you know, that kind of stuff. So I don't know why you'd ever turn it off, but uh, I left it on because it's informative. Mm -hmm. And the last one is finger snap to remove original video or vocal. I'm sorry, to remove original vocal. And that's talking about vocal over some background music. And that's one way to get it started in the middle of the song if you wanted. You could say, you know, cut it off now and snap your finger. <laughs> Unfortunately, I'm not good at snapping my finger anymore, so I had to snap two or three times before I could hear it fake, <laughs> <you know? laughs> yeah you know so. it's funny there seems to be a, mo a movement afoot to do more and more things that are like uh sound driven you know with the smart speakers and uh and you know things that you can say uh i was visiting my daughter and she has a trash can that you can now say open can and it'll open the lid on the can it's closed can and it'll close the lid on the can yeah so if your hands are goopy, you know, like because you've been prepping food or something and you want to throw something in there, you don't have to do anything. And I've seen the like the ones that have little RF connectors, so you just wave your hand in front of it. Uh, mm -hmm. But this one works that way. It does have an R, uh, little infrared con uh, thing, but also you could just talk to it. But so far, as good as that has gotten, it still seems hit and miss, you know. And and then the other thing is you have to remember all these stupid phrases because you know you have to say it just right. And if yep. you don't remember the command, like I have smart lights in my house, but I can never remember what which one's which, you know. Uh, I say light, and they go, which light do you want? And I go, well, what are my options? And I'm sorry, I don't know how to answer that question. Well, well shoot, well, that doesn't help me know, at all. You know, it's, it's, it's the very same issue with the speaker uh, phones that you have, the uh, Siri and, hey, uh, Alexa and all of that. Yeah. You, if you don't remember the commands, they don't do you much good. Who wants to right? Well, that that was the point I was making because they're the ones that have you know more than one command you can give them, but it doesn't do you any good if you if you can't remember that stuff. And so, consequently, about the only thing I use is a timer because I know how to say set a timer. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so when I'm cooking, that's how I set my cooking timers is with one of the smart speakers. But yeah, and, um, I, and I've wondered sometimes myself just. How many people really use the capability there? Now, I'm sure it's a matter of training yourself. You know, you've just got to say, 
Well, it is. If, if you read about it, then you find some command that really means something to you is useful, so you'll go try it, right? And once you've mastered that, you might use it again and again mm-hmm. and again, and pretty soon it just seems habit, you know? Yeah. But I but think it's coupled with with if you've got a, you know if you've got like smart lights and stuff in your house too, how you name those is really important, you know? Right. And so you've got to name it something that you can like. It, that makes sense to the device, right? That you can that you can remember makes sense to you, so that you can then tell the device, you know, turn on, you know, torch light in the bedroom, you know, and that it can then understand. Oh, I want the torch light in the bedroom to turn on, or I want the ceiling fan light to turn on, not the fan, the light on the fan. You know, right. it's it's there's you've got to be very specific about how you name them. But you know, if you've got three ceiling fans, then you've got to go. You've got to be more specific. Say, you know living room ceiling fan on you know right <laughs> and and you end up talking like this <laughs> or halfway through what you're trying to say you forget how you're supposed to say it for that particular thing and then you're like never mind never mind back out abort abort yeah yeah, yeah. so anyway uh yeah let's the... hope that when they have um smart self-driving cars that they don't rely solely on us telling them what to do because oh my goodness we'll never get where we're going well <laughs> And, and, and we'll have a nation of lost people going, how did I get here? <laughs> just just about everybody out there who sells you anything anymore sells you an app with it. It comes, you know, as a part of the deal so that they can show right. you, oh, I've got this features. Well, I, for me, exa- an example is Guardian. That's the name of my security system in my home. And I, mm-hmm. everything that does with home controlling my home uh, can be... Uh, used by Siri. So I've set it up so that I can say to Siri, you know, if I want something to turn the light on or off, these are the uh, entry and exit light or entry lights back and front. Uh, but the ones I use the most are thermostat control. Like at night, I'll invariably change something like have the fan come on for an hour just to recirculate the air in the house and get some warm air in the bedroom because during the day in the winter time it gets cold in there because we leave it closed to keep the dog out of there so mm-hmm. you know things like that that i wanted to work with siri but there's no good way to do it <laughs> so it's it's kind of a i think we're in the in the midst of all this integration with our electronics and at some point it'll smooth out and, and be more convenient but Right now, it doesn't seems to me there's too many people doing too many different things different ways. Like you, I know you have three different speakers. You have no chance of remembering all of them for because they're all not going to be exactly the same. You know. Right. Well, the reason I have three different speakers is because I wanted to see the difference and be able to talk intelligently about the difference between the Google Smart, you know, Google Home Smart speakers, which are now. Uh, what, what's the name of the devices that they bought, the um, thermostats that they bought? I can't remember. Uh, anyway, they rebranded them. But um, And then the you know, Amazon Echoes and then Apple Siri. So I was playing back and forth between them to see, you know. But I have an inclination to lean towards the, um, the Siri stuff, not because the Siri is, uh, you know, a better voice assistant, because it's clearly not, um, but because... It has a better interface. It interfaces with the Apple Home app, so I can then more easily identify what I want it to do. I can talk to it better that way. Um, 
so I kind of like that. But it's interesting. They've all fallen into certain things. Like if I want to ask a question that was something that I would normally like look up on Wikipedia, say, I use yeah. the Google Home. Hands down, it's the best answers. If yeah. I ask something, it will give me back an answer. It never says, I've sent something to your phone. Check it out, you know, which is what I get from Siri very often, which is annoying. If I wanted to pick up my phone and look that way, I would have done that. I asked you, tell me what it says. Um, so it's really, really annoying. And I don't understand why the Apple people haven't figured that out. Um, whereas Google will read you the first like paragraph of a Wikipedia page on something. If you ask about, you know, the sinking of the Lusitania or something like that, it'll do that. Um, right. and the echo has gotten better at that. Cause originally it said, I'm sorry, I can't help you with that. Now it's gotten better, but it's still not as good as the Google. The echo is really good for setting timers and I have an echo clock that is paired to it that also gives you visual feedback so you can see how much time is left on your timer. And that sits above the kitchen sink. So when we set a timer, we can not only ask it, you know, how much time is left. We can glance over and see how much time is left because yeah. um, it's got LEDs around the perimeter of the clock. And those light up as the counter counts down. It, they they count down with it. So you can see that. So for timers, I use that for playing music hands down the the siri device is better and in fact that's the one place where the the smart assistant actually is better if you say play something from my playlist or do something you know or play a certain song by a certain care uh, uh, artist or something uh they have obviously spent time setting up their smart assistant to be able to do those kinds of things in a much better fashion than the other two they focused mostly on playing music because I think originally their focus was, let's make a really good sounding speaker, which is why they were so priced out of the market. And now they don't sell the the regular HomePod anymore. <laughs> so, right. Because it costs too much. Well, that, originally, that was a $399 device. That was crazy. But it does sound good. And uh, that's the it only does. reason. And, and that's all I use it for is music. That's, you know. Yeah. It's really good at that, but that's what it was designed to do. I think they just down are my two yeah. big commands. <laughs> yeah, they just missed the market with that. That's the thing is they made a speaker that they gave it some smart capabilities, but they had gone out of their way to make sure that it was really good at playing music and sounded really good. And what the market ended up saying we want or they wanted was a cheap speaker that could turn on and off lights and set timers and occasionally answer questions about you know. Uh, yeah how many lions are in africa or something like that yeah or i'll ask a score for a game i know is going on you know something yeah like yeah and, and the siri thing is getting better and better all the time so they do they give you live score updates and things like that now by the way the the um home mini the little one that looks like a softball yep. that they came out with did you read that they just found uh somebody was disassembling one and found a, a set of sensors in there that that aren't being used that they it was interesting um there is a temperature and humidity sensor built into the into the device and hmm. uh people have suspected that they will either integrate with or come out with their own thermostat and then you'll have temperature sensors around the house everywhere you have a a home pod mini and you'll be able to automate that so you can use that to uh, uh you know if, if you're if you are physically in a room, that's the room that you care about the temperature in, right? You don't care about your bedroom in the in later. Right. That's something that the um, the uh, Ecobee, uh, Ecobee, Ecobee uh, yeah. thermostats have done since day one. They cut the you know you buy the thermostat and it came with several little sensors that run off of little coin batteries 
which you have to replace semi-annually, but it, the app will pop up and give you a notification that you need to replace your battery. But you can put those in different rooms, and on that little sensor, it just has a, a motion sensor and a temperature sensor. And so, like, you know, at night when you are in your bedroom, if you have one of the sensors in there, it knows that, hey, you're in the bedroom, so that's the temperature we should care about when we're looking at the thermostat. And even though you don't have, like, special uh, opening and closing vents, you know, automated. I mean, I suppose a home could do that, but that has to do with then with pressure and air balancing, and there's a lot of issues there. It's not something that most people should should be home installing because you can cause additional wear and tear on your equipment if you do it wrong. Um, but it, but, but it, nonetheless, you know, if I'm in my bedroom at night, that's the room I care about the temperature in. I don't care about the temperature in the living room, you know, at 2 a.m. But, but if I get up and go out to the other room, it should be able to, and, and, you know, with the little sensors, it will know, hey, now there's somebody out here. So now I got to care about that temperature too. And so it then raises or lowers the temperature of the house based on where you are and what's important to you at that point in time. Um, which I think is really kind of cool. Makes makes for a more comfortable home. Yeah. The, the the one thing that complicates this whole room temperature thing, though, is if you have a pet and you don't want them in certain places, you know? Because you close doors and you change the whole system. And some most systems, like the one in our home, is obviously designed for all the doors being open, even though they're closed. You have doors, but mm-hmm. th- it, it assumes the doors are open, and that's what they set it up for. And uh, yeah, I, well, that's why I was talking about the air pressure and the balancing of air pressure. People don't realize how much that changes when you're running your air conditioner or your heater. And yeah. that's why most homes don't have like automatic opening and closing valves, because you'd think about it. If you had a smart vent in your bedroom, when you're not in there, it should just close the vents. Right. And only put the temperature into the part of the house that you're in. Well, but that if, then changes the pressure in the house as well. And the air doesn't necessarily flow well. And you get back pressure on your fans and stuff. It can put uh, extra load on the motors. And so it's balancing air conditioning with opening and closing vents like professional buildings have right. really requires somebody who knows what they're doing to set that up right. <laughs> you know? Yep. Yep. So anyway, uh, I'm I'm uh, that's one of the things about my new home that I wasn't happy about is it's mm-hmm. got one thermostat. I didn't catch yeah. that when we were buying it. I would have said, hey, I can I have a multi-thermostat option, you know? Yeah, so, or at least a multi-sensor option, like the thermostat yeah. I have. I have one of those Ecobees, and I have um, the, the main thermostat and three other zones, the living room, the, the dining room, and the bedroom. And so yeah. it learns. Also, it's a learning thermostat, so it's smart. It learns where what our patterns are. And, uh, and, if, and if we're gone, it sees that nobody's moving around. It just says, well, let's drop the temperature to the my, whatever I've preset for the... the you know, hey, don't, don't mess with. Right. Yeah, exactly. So it's like. Um, don't freeze my pipes, right? <laughs> right, exactly. You know, or in the summer here in Southern California, it's like, well, you know, you don't have to keep it cool, but let's not have things melting. You know, <laughs> I don't want to come home and find that the candle on the counter has melted because the house was 105. Um, right. You know, so but you you, you set and, and the thing is, you can set the constraints, the highs and the lows, and it's pretty easy sure. to set up once you get it installed and and let it learn a little bit and then you can build it from there. Um, and I've noticed that since I've had it in too, that the, uh, you know, the, the, um, the electric bill has gone down because it, it manages when you need those temperatures set to wear and what's comfortable for you. And if you go in and modify the temperature regularly, 
then it will go and you know change what the standard setting is to say this is kind of what you say is comfortable for you so we'll just do that which is right. nice yep yeah you know, we're gradually moving along and making a little bit of progress mm -hmm. but it, yeah. it's a it's pretty primitive yet yeah nest is the other one they were the first kind of really smart thermostat and right. i thought about them but the fact that they're owned by google now uh means I don't want them because you know that Google's now using that information to gather information about you. And I don't want that. That said, I've got a Google speaker sitting there right in my house with microphones on it. So, you know. Yep. Hey, by the way, I was just looking at the uh, Sabine Tech website under uh, manuals and stuff. And your manual is apparently built into your app. And so um, you can download or print the thing but it's that's why they didn't give it to you as a printed one on the right side of your screen there's a download icon it's like a arrow pointing into a tray or like an upside down okay. staple or something okay i gotta turn my device on first in order to get the app to work yeah that's what it says here anyway i mean <laughs> you know not having it i can't i can't vouch for their uh, okay it says it's connected so uh, let's just see it lower right hand corner is what upper right is what it says oh just a minute uh upper right there's a three dot kind of thing it says serial number firmware version app version feedback okay. instant questions to the to the left of the three dots is there any other icons to the left is uh is a screen that just lists all the recordings that you currently have either the audio or video uh, or, uh -huh. I'm sorry, just, uh, well, I'm sorry, one of them is call recordings, and the other one's it says my document, but it, I think it means just audio or video. I don't know. Uh-huh. But, uh, so I don't, I don't know. It's at the top, and that's the only things I have. I don't see anything okay. that lets me... Uh, uh, Okay. Well, the only thing other otherwise is on no, their support no. page. It just says email support at sabinetech.com. So you can probably do that and say, hey, where's the manual? Oh, but there is one, I, apparently. I, I touched something that brought up feedback so I can send them a message. An email or a phone number is optional at the bottom, but questions or suggestions and then press submit. So somehow I brought up a feedback uh, thing. Well, there you go. Touching here. Please. And say, please. Oh, and I'm then really, I really, really liked I, I touched in the middle of the screen and it brought up the reviews section for audio wow online uh so you can send in reviews so uh -huh. i guess that's their way of getting what's feedback basically i don't know why they called instant question submission that must be what it was asking here to score oh i see now so that thing, and then terms, okay, I, if I carefully touch each uh, product here, this is a software license and service agreement. Uh, right. So each one of these lines has uh, is effectively a hotspot to take you somewhere online. But I don't, I see a firmware version, but it just says no new version. I, I assume that's to find out what is. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, you don't need a firmware update at this point, right? You just need... Uh, well, the fact need... is, when I first lo loaded it, that was the first thing it had me do, was to, to update right. the firmware, you know? Yeah. 
So, but you probably uh, don't. I mean, you've done that. So there and there's not been a new one since then is all that's telling you. But nonetheless, you still want to be able to give them some feedback and say, you know, how do I get to the manual? Right. Because <laughs> I, I was looking at their um, their Web page and it's not obvious here how to get to the manual. The manual that I was looking at, by the way, I was mistaken. That was the instructions were to, to get the manual online for their smart mic, not for their audio. Wow. Oh, uh, and okay. so you don't have the software for their smart mic, and uh, uh, I'm looking at their, um, you know, they've got an FAQ for the for the audio wow, and I don't see, you know, I don't see anything that says oh click here to get your instruction manual, you know, which would be handy thing to just kind of browse through or peruse, because there might be features and functions that you don't don't even know how to get to because. You know, the thing comes with, you know, a, a USB port, uh, uh, a headphone microphone port, and a button. And that's it. You know, and the rest <laughs> of it is the software. And you have to just kind of explore the software because it's all software driven. Um, okay. Yeah. So, yeah. You know, it's funny because, I mean, I, I'll, I'll do a little more digging into it and I'll look at uh, what you've got here. But it, uh, I look at it and go, well, I still don't quite see what it w- would do for me. You know, I mean, I don't have a lot of interest in stripping vocals out of songs. So beyond that, um, I'm not sure what it does. Although I did read in here, too, that um, on the on the frequently asked questions page um, that you can use if you buy their smart mic in conjunction with the audio. Wow. You can set the smart smart mic into um, uh, into a uh, sort of a pass through mode. And then use a, a a TRRS cable, which is just your three and a half inch jack, or three point five millimeter jack rather, uh, and you can then plug it into like any other device. So you could plug it into a computer or something and use that then as your microphone in. So oh. um, so you can do that. What I was talking about. So you could then use your your laptop to you know do what we're doing now, but pass it through that device. But you would have to have the smart mic in addition to it. And pair those two things and they would talk to each other via bluetooth and then the smart mic would attach to then the computer to bring the sound in but by the way i did learn some things by going onto their site and reading and that is that they mm-hmm. don't this is, the, the bluetooth connection is not a standard bluetooth connection i saw that and, and i don't know they don't explain what's different but it's apparently proprietary to the this product and so uh it uh, it it enables them to get the high frequency Bluetooth. That's what how they refer to it. So mm-hmm. that they got really good quality. Ch- you know, most devices right. in the past didn't. You know, if you just take standard Bluetooth, it's it's yeah yeah you know acceptable is about the best you can say about yeah. it. But it clips yeah. a lot because it doesn't have enough dynamic range. Right, so so they'll instead of using Bluetooth, people were serious about quality. They always used uh, Wi-Fi, right? Because you got that as another choice on your devices. So, uh, but but these guys are saying I've got high quality Bluetooth somehow. Yeah. By trick yeah, well, that's like the um, the AirPlay and AirPlay Two that Apple uses. It doesn't. They don't. It's not Bluetooth because Bluetooth doesn't have good enough sound quality and so like when you're if you're streaming something from your phone to your home pod it's not using bluetooth it uses bluetooth to sort of make the initial connection but uh 
but uh, it's not the, you know, not the same. Yeah. By the way, I was going to tell you another thing about this. Uh, when you're in the recording uh, list of the of things you've recorded, and you you can touch the little icon, and that'll bring up uh, a uh, a little set of choices along the bottom and one of them is like I want to send this to somebody to send like the audio that I sent to you and mm -hmm. there's one of them that says SRT file and I've seems like I've seen that somewhere before but that's not a normal text file I, I don't know how to read an SRT file uh, and in fact uh, when I put it into a message I, to myself uh, I, I still don't know what to do with it <laughs> But basically yeah, it says that's a, uh, that's a subtitle file for video. It's a transcription file, and it's plain text. So you should be able to open it in any text editor, plain text editor. Uh, just say open it, or if you need to, you can change the .srt to a .txt and then open it up. But it's just oh. a text file. Okay, well, I was just doing it on iOS, so I don't, can't do yeah. that kind of stuff. But by, by tagging it as an SRT file, then the... Um, and if it's put with a video, then the video knows to pick that up for uh, subtitles, which is usually yeah. a transcription, but it's a subtitle file. Okay. Used in, used in video capture, capturing, uh, captioning yeah. services is what I'm trying to say. And, well, there there is another thing that's uh, like subtitles, and it's uh, on, the, on the bottom of the screen here that says CC, and then in a little red circle, trial. So it's like it's a... Uh, a beta, if you will, and I tried it, and it does, in fact, put put the text on the screen that you just that you said, but it it's limited as to how much text. Unlike no. unlike the place where I want to just say I want to go to audio transcription, and I can do, I can talk and make a big file, you know, like a book, and but it ends up all the the only way I can get it out of the phone is that SRT file. So I'll have to try that business of going to a com onto the computer, send it to computer somehow, and then uh, and then use a text editor, because I, I I was a little puzzled. Why didn't it just use a text file? <laughs> Maybe this yeah. is a sm smart text file in some sense, for syncing purposes, as you said. So, anyway. Mm -hmm. uh, the, uh, I was just looking at here that um, the audio file for the audio protocol for um, Bluetooth. There's three different profiles. There's the headset profile, which is just for for um, uh, voice stuff, and it's it's uh, lower quality. Then slightly step up from there is what they call the hands-free profile, and then there's one called the advanced audio distribution file. That's the A2DP, and that's the one that is supposed to be the higher quality. Um, and it's it's comparable to like MP3s or AAC, and it has user-defined codecs. So um, uh, the uh, Aptex, which is owned by Qualcomm, is one of the standards that's being used there a lot. So they maybe just used a different uh, codec for for their compression decompression when they created this quite the, their non-standard um, uh, Bluetooth connection. Yeah, and so that's how they then manage their quality. Yeah, that makes sense. So, but anyway, uh, I I do like the transcription thing. That that works well. It just doesn't seem mm -hmm. to miss a beat. Unlike the one that on the computer, you know, you can talk to your 
iPad or or computer and and do the yeah. similar kind of thing, but it it seems to have some limitations. Yeah. Uh, there there was an app I found one time and it said it does it bypasses the limitations, but the limitations seem to be because it's not hardware processed. Uh, it uses AI. Okay, this is hardware AI doing it in the device here, the audio wow. Whereas on the computer, I think it sends it to the cloud, and there's a delay, and there's only and there's a buffer for so much audio, and then it's got to get it transcribed before it can take more in, or something like that. I can't recall, but uh -huh. that was the typical limitation. And unless they uh, had set up the program so that it didn't lose any of your input, let you keep coming, but then it would just have to catch up at the end. It wouldn't tell you it was done until all of the transcription was done, you know? Yeah, so it couldn't keep up real time? Right. It can't yeah. can't do that because it's... Well, maybe with the new M1 Max, that'll be um, uh, a little faster. We'll see. Yeah, well, uh, I, I'm sure if these guys are doing that kind of transcription in hardware, Apple's going to yeah. do it too, you know? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it might be what, you know, we don't know what's uh, what all has been built into the M1 Max in terms of their their internals so uh that very well could be yeah so anyway i think that for now that's probably enough to talk about the uh, uh the audio wow uh that we're moving along in time and i wanted to bring up a couple yeah. uh things that i had uh, thought were kind of interesting coming up there's spec still speculation uh -huh. on them but uh uh, the ones that were most interesting to me was the flip phone. Have you seen the audio that uh, is out online for the flip phone? That uh, they're saying that Apple seen the audio uh, that didn't make sense. You mean there's a video out there somewhere? There's a video, yeah. Okay. Okay. Uh, and anyway, uh, just search for audio iPhone flip or whatever it is. That's what it says uh -huh. here. Uh, and. Because apparently uh, Samsung has one that's just come out or something, and they, yeah, Motorola they, actually made a new razor that's a flip phone a while back, and several companies now are copying that. Samsung right. has it, come it out with one, and uh, you jump jump just ahead of me. I, reading ah, the sentence, okay. there, Samsung Galaxy <laughs> Two Flip and Motorola Razor. So they're they're the ones, and and this is a clamshell design as well, and apparently it's a prototype that somebody yeah. leaked or something. And of course, what people nice, forget is that means it's twice as thick, which is sort of counter to Apple's design uh, emphasis over the last few years. Because if you fold a phone in half, even if yeah. it's a bigger screen, then it's a thicker phone. So you have a lump as opposed to a large slab in your pocket. I guess it just depends on what you like carrying around. huh? Oh, yeah. It does protect oh, yeah. the screen, though, right? Your screen's less likely to get dinged up. But, of course, if but, you make the back of your phone out of glass like Apple's been doing, then you still you still lose if you drop it. <laughs> Well, anyway, the uh, the the picture is interesting because even though you have it folded, the clamshell is closed. There's a little screen about the same mm -hmm. size as the camera little blurb that's on the other side, and mm -hmm. it's a little screen with a time, a date, and a, a status of a couple three apps. And I don't know if that's mm -hmm. modifiable, but it probably is as to yeah. what gets displayed. But, yeah, uh, well, those widgets that you have on your phone now, I could see you could pick which widget you want to put on the other side, and it would then, you know, whatever's important to you, like a weather widget or something, right? Or a calendar right. widget. Yeah, something like that. 
So that's the external appearance. And uh, then it just uh, clamshell opens, kind of a rotary mechanism at the bottom. And, uh, and when it's opened, it, this model was apparently based on the 12 because it's identical in terms of this, mm-hmm. the, uh, the cameras and, and all of that uh, and, and the screen. So it's pretty much like a 12, but it just folds in half. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Now, yeah. It, well, it, it's very possible that they're, they'll have a 12s, or even if they have a 13, whatever they number it, it's probably going to look just like the 12. You know, I mean, they kept the same look from the, you know, through the the 10 and the 10s and the 11. So, right. You know, they tend to keep a look for a couple generations these days. Yeah. Well, and and then immediately following this, I did see that there's there was some buzz out there about the 13 that's supposed to be coming out, and people are saying. Oh wow! This is this looks cool. <laughs> yeah, but ooh, ah, oh, by the way, they I do did, that every year. I did want to mention that they said twenty-two or twenty-three, probably more likely when they finally get the flip phone out in the yeah. in that time zone. That usually lags the other guys by a couple of years to get be sure they got everything right. Yeah, know? certain features like that, especially if it's a newer technology that that. You know, if it's something that Apple can look at and say, hey, they've got, you know, it's it's clearly solid and, and we can implement it better. That's one thing. But if it's a technology, I mean, the, the, all of these folding screen things have had issues with the durability of the screen, you know, and, and do you want to, you know, sell a phone that sort of has built in obsolescence yeah. and that that screen is eventually going to crease or crack? Uh, right. You know, and, and they got to solve that issue and make sure that whatever that medium is that they're putting the screen on uh, is durable. Well, that that's so. the 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 guy who reviewed this uh, didn't uh, you know let you really see. I mean, he's got a picture here of the phone that's kind of still bent. You know, it's not quite right, closed and not open. But the picture's from the wrong angle, so you really can't tell much about what's going on there. Right. Well, you know, that's not a real photo, right? It's just a mock-up. I'm sure there's not that. Yeah. I'm sure nobody probably. has a copy of. Uh, you know, if 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 that thing exists, it probably is locked down to a table somewhere in a lab, and Apple won't let it come out of the room. Right. So you know, um, so whatever they're doing is they're they're guessing at what it might look like, and uh, and how it might appeal. You know, and it yeah. it's and I wonder too how much of this is supposition on the part of the people who are doing the reporting versus you know something that actually got told to them by somebody who might be in the know. Um, well, know, they keep mentioning this Kuo guy who's supposedly credible. K U O. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Kuo Mingchi is a um, uh, Chinese guy, and he deals with the supply line stuff. And so, if they're making, you know, if they're at the point where they're actually like making uh, evaluation versions of this stuff in 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 you know in a factory somewhere, he's going to find yeah. out about it because he's he's tied into the factories very well. And so, anytime. You know, if something is imminent, like it's being tested, or or they're or they're they're actually physically making devices, it's not just a you know a clay mock-up somewhere. Then he seems to have his ears to the ground. Seems uh, to me that Apple would some you know, given their size and the amount of money they have, that they would build a um, a facility here, you know, near their offices somewhere that could put together small runs of things for testing. You know. It's like, yeah. okay, we just want to build like, you know, five of these or ten of these so that we can evaluate them, put them in some people's hands and see how they work. And uh, instead of like having that specced by the factory in China and then coming back over here because then somebody in China knows about it and then Ming-Chi Kuo finds about it or Kuo Ming-Chi 
they say their names backwards over there. So, or the, Min- from Chief how Kuo we say it. Is the way, is the way he yeah, says Ming- it. Uh, well, Min- no, that's the way we report it. He actually says it, quote Ming-Chi. Oh, is that right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. And so, so I've noticed that several Americans have started putting it in the proper order for Chinese, trying to be cognizant of the way they say their name. Any, but, anyway, uh, I was going to say, when I brought up his name, I, I it just happened to be on a page, but that was on the page regarding r- rumors for iPhone 13. So right. the, the, the rumor stuff about the clamshell does not have his name on it. I wanted right. to clarify okay. that. And that actually makes more sense. That, that sounds up his bailiwick because you know they're already doing like test batches of production on the, on the 13s, which they plan to introduce, you know, in six or seven months. And so they're, you know, the design is probably already locked, and now they're just working through the production, pos- you know, issues and how to put it together, and and so they're probably doing, you know, like test runs on the line, and that and that's yeah. the kind of thing that he would know about, and that you you still have to do wherever you're building it, you have to have somebody, you know, ramp up in order to uh, to uh, actually produce that thing in great numbers. Yeah. The, as the... far as like the the development internally um, of things that aren't not necessarily ever going to be released, but you want to build a working one so you can play with it and see if it makes sense. Um, you know, that's part of like design iteration. And, uh, that makes perfect sense that, uh, that, uh, they do that here and that way then there's less leaks, right? Just do that internally. Yeah. They've got the capabilities yeah. of building their own little, like small production line. Yep. Uh, the, the key kind of features that, that are mentioned as possibilities for the 13 is improved, uh, incredible battery tech. That's is the one thing, and uh, and a pro motion display, whatever that means. Super slick refresh uh-huh. rate. Yeah, that means 120, on uh, 20, 120 megahertz uh, ref- uh, screen redraw. Um, yeah. We've been you know stuck at sixty for quite a while. Um, and and uh, um, the iPad Pros have the the faster one hundred and twenty megahertz uh, screen refresh rate, and. Yeah. That particularly is nice if you're using your Apple Pencil on it, because when you draw the line, there's no lag at all. It it, it redraws the screen fast enough that as fast as you can scribble, the line stays right with the, the it's as if your pencil was actually drawing lead on paper. Uh, whereas the 60 hertz, you can actually move your hand faster than the screen can redraw, and the line doesn't always keep up with where you're drawing. So, Yeah. So... Anyway, uh, those those were the two sort of main things, uh, and then they said they talked a bit about the smaller notch on the screen, you know. Right. So, but yeah, which I mean, I can I can see that a value to some people. To I mean, once you've had a phone that has the notch on it, you just it doesn't really, you don't really pay attention to it. Oh, oh, I know? skipped over the most important one: bringing back Touch ID on the face of the phone. That's I've heard that too. I've I've heard that rumor about the Touch ID being, um, you know, like through the glass Touch ID. Mm-hmm. Um, although I'm a little surprised that they don't do like they did with the iPad Air and put the Touch ID on the button. That may be their backup if they can't get the Touch ID through the glass to work the way they like. Because uh, the Touch yeah. ID on the button makes perfect sense on your power button. I mean, it was well, on the know, button before. It was just on front of the screen, so why not do it on the side? Or Although on the it back. is a smaller sur- Yeah, it is a smaller surface area. Yeah, you know, it's funny. Apple has has never done it on the back, you know, but a lot of the Samsung phones, when they went to Touch ID, it was right on the back. You know, because when you hold it in your hand, you've got a finger on the back. It's right. the perfect place. But if you put your phone in a case, then you either have to make cases with a hole in them to get to the Touch ID, 
which well, is inelegant, well, or you well, don't have they, access to your Touch ID. And and they do use the back for that tap tap thing. Right. You know, you, you can set. But up you can a, do that with a case on. Yeah. Yeah. I always thought that they should make the actual Apple logo that's already a different color, you know, on the back in, in usually in Chrome. Right. That that should be the touch ID. You touch the Apple. To me, that was like the perfect place for it, you know. And then if you made a case, you just make a case where the Apple's cut out so that your finger can lay on top of the sensor. Yep. <laughs> but I don't work at Apple, so. Well, we could sure give them some good ideas, though, couldn't we? Absolutely. We can tell them how to do it. And they need it, too, because the company's really suffering. They need somebody to step up and tell them how to make good products, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Poor company. I mean, they've only got, you know, By the $200 way, billion dollars in cash and a trillion-dollar capitalization. Yeah, Tim Cook's Tim Cook? 10th year. I saw an article on that that identified the number of new products he's announced since he's been mm -hmm. in charge. Anyway, he had the help of uh, Johnny Ive for a long time, but now Johnny's out mm -hmm. selling. I think it was time for Johnny to go, though. I think most Apple people say uh, that in order to keep Johnny around because they valued him, they were giving him a longer and longer rope. And things like the butterfly keyboard came out of that because he wanted to keep making things thinner and thinner. And now they're, they're, there's a class action suit. By the way, when you bought your um, uh, your... MacBook. MacBook, which has the butterfly keyboard. What state were you in when you purchased it? Do you remember? State. I mean, it's a 2015. Yeah, because there's like was, seven or eight well, states. I, I was there here in seven North or eight, Carolina. You were in North Carolina five in 2015, six years ago? Yeah. When you bought it? Mm-hmm. Okay. North Carolina is not one of the states. It's like California, Texas. Anyway, there's like seven states that now have certified it as a class action and there's a suit against Apple for continuing to sell that when they knew that it was not workable. And and a lot of people have, now you've never had problems with yours, but a lot of people have had problems with their their butterfly keyboards between what is it uh 2015 and 2019 I think is when they were still selling them. So for for yeah. 4 years they continued to sell a keyboard that they kept making little band-aids on to make them reliable, but they never were very reliable. As a whole. You know, I I don't even Indi know what the keyboard problem is because I've never seen it any issues right. that bothered me at all. So, who knows? well, you've been lucky. You've been lucky, but there's been a high percentage of people who have complained about like the space bar quits working, or you know, the A and the S and the Z just stop working, like a section of the keyboard uh, on the hmm. on the left hand side um, or other places. There's a lot of people who said the E, the three, and the four key for whatever reason also is a problem. But the, you know, the issue is, is that there were very tight tolerances and even a small amount of dust getting in there could basically stop the key from working. And uh, you admittedly don't use your, your Mac very much anymore. You use your iPad for almost everything. Well, and so that's, that's you know, probably more to do with it than anything because. Right. That's what I'm thinking. Yeah. You know, because so. I mean. You know, it's 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 a really bad thing when the journalists who cover tech are the ones who are saying, this is my device. I love Apple devices. And you usually want them that way. Right. Because then they say great things about Apple and then their mm -hmm. devices all start failing. And now <laughs> they've got nothing to not only do they. Have, in fact, there was a uh, it was a hilarious article in I think it was TechCrunch 
where one of the um, one of the uh, writers wrote an entire story complaining about the keyboard, but they just left yeah. it the way the keyboard typed it. So they were like, you missed every letter E, every letter V, every letter, you know, it was hilarious. It was oh. hilarious. And then there was a button at the bottom you could click that put it all back so you could read it better. But it was like, oh. yeah. If you're reading this, you get my point as to why I am frustrated with this Apple keyboard and this Apple computer. <laughs> yeah. And and frankly, during that time period, anybody who came to me and asked what, you know, if they, you know, what I recommended as a computer, I would tell them, look at a Dell or a Lenovo. Don't look at a Mac right now um, <laughs> because those Mac computers are not are, are just not reliable. And I, you know, I couldn't in good conscience tell, even though I thought they had a better operating system. Um it's you know if you need a computer right now and it lasted for four years now granted at the front end they still had some of the uh regular keys so the actual time when the only computer you could buy from mac uh from apple was only about two years where the only computer you could buy all of them had the the butterfly keyboards um but yeah. kudos to them for at least recognizing that you know you can keep trying to put a band-aid on it but it didn't get any better and the irony is they were only saving like 1.3 millimeters i mean that's a ridiculously small amount that's the you know the width of a period on a page in yeah. terms of 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 actual thickness so you know that was that was uh johnny ives obsession with you know save every little bit to make things thinner and thinner and yep. um, i just felt like i love good design that's part of why you like apple but the design should never be more important than the functionality and reliability of the hardware absolutely never Yep, and I have a feeling. My sense was that they that that they had stepped over that line in the last few years of his his run at Apple, and so I was um, while a little concerned about what kind of interesting things would be coming out of there and what they would look like. You know, there's other people who have good ideas, and I think he had just gone too far, and I think it was time for him to go. And so, you know, hopefully he's happy doing what he's doing. He's got plenty of money, and he's enjoying life, and good power. You know, more power to him. Um, and the guys that took over after him, which were all people on his staff that he had hired, um, you know, are now taking what he he started with, what they started with, and moving it in slightly different directions. You know, yep. although I can say that Mac Pro that came out with the big holes in the front, I think that looks awful. I just don't like the design of that at all. I don't. Yeah, yeah, I don't either. You know, personally, um, but you know, it's artistic. But it looks like some weird Art Deco thing from the, or not Art Deco thing, but like mod thing from the 70s that just, I don't know, looks weird and out of place to me. But, but that's me. <laughs> so let's see. Tenth year as CEO. What has Tim Cook done? What are the things that they think he's, I mean, other than grow the the business to, you know, a trillion dollar company. Um You know, and and even when when Steve Jobs was still alive, he had a large part in that because he was the one who was streamlining all of their operations. And quite frankly, you know, when we with COVID and all of the problems with production and moving things in and out of China, Apple still managed to keep things in stock and keep going. Um, yeah, and that just speaks to you know them really understanding the the supply chain and the under you know how that works. So even though Tim Cook doesn't do it himself. I've heard talk that the guy that replaced him is the guy that is probably in the best position to take over the company 
when Tim Cook eventually retires. Well, um, when when that's the biggest part of your production is the biggest thing to do mm-hmm. with making your money, you bet that's an important position. <laughs> yeah. Jeff Williams is the chief operating officer. That's the guy. Yeah. And uh, and so he's been doing an excellent job, and obviously he's got Cook there to, to, uh, to bounce things off of so that big decisions, I'm sure, are not just made by one guy. You know, they all work together to make the what's best for the company but the team seems to be have things well in hand so um which is good you know you know i want them around making good stuff and making alternatives and you know um uh to the the windows computers out there i mean there's some beautiful hardware for windows but it runs windows so i go like eh, you know <laughs> not really what i want yeah well this but, fiasco uh, with security that microsoft said going on it affects of course a whole business world and the government's real upset about it yep but you know but basically it's been cracked by the chinese and just you know it's because they never started with a secure system like apple did you know mm-hmm. and you, you, it's just a never-ending patch that's that's one of the reasons i was glad to get away from there i i just did not like the idea of having to spend most of my time on security issues updating them and all that uh instead of using the machine you know it just became useless because every time you you know when you don't use it frequently it just seemed like all my time is spent on security and that's not what i have it for you know yeah yeah that's my issue too is i have some apple machines and if you don't keep them plugged in and online and set to auto update every time you turn it on and get ready to use it you got to wait for 20 minutes while it downloads all the updates that it missed and it's pretty demanding. The operating system pretty much says, we're going to do this. You can work yep. if you want to, but this is this is happening in the background, and so your computer is going to you know, yeah. work like a snail until we, you, we finish doing all this. You still have one of those machines, huh? <laughs> so what? The, oh, I've got, I've got uh, a couple of different Windows laptops, and I've got uh, two Windows machines plugged into my uh, system here in the office that I can switch to with the flip of a button. Um, I also got a while back a um, a Chrome box. It's a um, basically it's a Chromebook, but it looks like a Mac Mini. It's just a little box that plugs in, and so oh, you really? can run the Chrome OS. Yeah, I you know I just there's a lot of people who use Chrome OS these days, and especially students. And so I just wanted to be able to stay what you know stay on top of that. And I had an older Chromebook, but it was I think at, at like seven years ish is when uh as chrome will can will you know agree to to uh or the chrome os will will support software that met the standard up to seven years ago and after seven years your device may or may no longer meet that the more modern standards and in which case it won't run the newer versions of software and the one that i had was a very inexpensive one and so it wouldn't you know it, you couldn't run the latest versions of the software oh. and uh and so the chrome box that i have now it, it won't age out for you know six years five years something like that how, how much and, was that uh, um i want to say 150 dollars yeah something like that um i mean i've had it a while like i said it's it ages out in five years instead of seven because i've had it a while but it um you know the newer versions of the uh chrome os allow you to run android apps on it so you can download android apps as well so it's another reason that you know so i can kind of see what's happening in as far as Android apps and the phone. And if there's an app that runs on my iOS phone and I want to see what it looks like in Android and how it's different, because very often the apps 
have similar functionalities, but their interfaces are different. They work differently. Um, so that allows me to do that as well. So anyhow, it's, um, it's uh, you know, just interesting. And then I've got, you know, two Raspberry Pis plugged into it as well. So I can flip over and play with uh, <laughs> Raspbian. So, you know, it's it's my interest. It's what I do. Yep. I don't go out and play golf for five hours on weekends because my back wouldn't let me do that if I wanted to. So, uh, so yeah. yeah. Uh, anyway, uh, let's see. I I was trying to recall when you were talking about Kim or Tim uh, Cook's ten years. It said it something about that uh, that little. Uh, precursor to the iPad. What did you, what did you call that? You still have one of those little Apple devices? Yeah, the um, Newton. I was trying to Newton. Yeah, yeah. Was, I've got actually two Newton pads. In in reading that article, uh, I was kind of there was some new information I hadn't heard. And I'm trying to remember what it was now. It was the timing. Oh, he. I guess he canceled the Newton. Isn't that what happened? After Jobs left, he canceled the Newton. No, Jobs canceled the Newton when he came back after Scully. Oh, is that what it was? It was, it was a, yeah, it was a decade prior to that. Jobs canceled the Newton. And basically what it was is that he looked at it and said, that technology doesn't work as well as it should and that we, um, we want to focus he figured you know, out the, the company's he, he, in trouble and we need to focus on what we do and that wasn't right. what we do so yeah. but the newton message pad is actually a pretty cool idea now for those who remember what the size of a vhs tape is it's about the size of a vhs tape so it's not exactly pocketable and i remember um about a year after i had the first newton message pad i had uh they introduced the very first uh palm pilot and to me, the Palm Pilot was a revelation. Uh, it that was amazing, you know, what it was able yeah. to do because it did everything the Newton did in something that's the size of what today we look at as a phone. So, right. um, you know, it was um, well, we both just had night Palm and day devices then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As soon as those came out, we jumped on those pretty quick. Yeah, nineteen ninety three is the date that I have on one of these, and let's see, the other one. Does it I have wish a date I on? had. I wish I had kept that. I, I gave it away. Or... I've got mine somewhere in a box, my original one, yeah. my original Newton. Yeah, I have a Message Pad 130, which wasn't the first model, and a Message Pad uh, 1000, which was this, uh, a follow-up model. And at the time, I was working for newspapers, and we were looking at the possibility of giving these to reporters so that they could mm -hmm. then uh, take their notes out in the field on this instead of on a, on a reporter's notepad. And then, and this shows you how far back it was, then they could go find a payphone and use an acoustic modem on the payphone to then send the story into the store from out in the, or to, the, to the office from out in the field so that editors could start editing it. So that gives you an idea yeah. of you know, how long ago it was because, yeah, there was no cellular networks that could handle data and there was no, um, uh, you know, no Wi-Fi to speak of and... Uh, so everything was plugged into an actual network and uh, and ran off of <laughs> so runs off of AAA batteries. 
I'm looking at this one's AAA batteries. Yeah, the second one is a little bit smaller and more compact. It's a little thinner and less heavy and not as long. It's a little bit shorter. So same size screen, though. So yeah. I thought the idea was great. It just, um, you know, it was early. I mean, it had a stylus, which obviously Jobs didn't like, used a stylus. And then it didn't, re it w they were supposed to recognize your handwriting, but you basically sort of had to handwrite in a specific way for it to understand it. Otherwise, it never really got it. Um, I remember listening to um, uh, a guy talk on, I don't remember which podcast it was, but he was talking on a podcast about the, uh, the uh, device, and he said that they had kind of based the handwriting recognition off of his handwriting, and so he said he was the one person in the world who loved the thing because it always recognized what he wrote. <laughs> Everybody else was like, good luck. <laughs> he says, but for me, yeah. it was the best thing oh, ever. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he says, I recognize I was a, a minority of one, but it, uh, but I loved the thing. Yeah. So, yeah, in fact, here I have stuck in the in the case that with one of them is the graffiti reference card, and it shows you how to draw the letters, and which then gestures with the pen were uh, for spaces and backspaces and returns and shifts and cap lock and that kind of stuff, because there was no keyboard. And so everything was done through this this specialized graffiti handwriting recognition but that then required that you learn the the gestures and they weren't normal letters you know they were they were pseudo letters uh and you had to start at one point and then make that shape and then one recognized that um, but yeah. that was true of the palm pilot when it first came out as well the initial palm pilots also did not have keyboards and so you had to type in that that uh, graffiti language and, and we all who had that you know spent the mm -hmm. time and effort to learn that so that it could you could and you once you learned it you could actually write pretty quickly and and get stuff um it's like you know, shorthand and, right yeah it was it was basically like a, a version of shorthand not unlike what secretaries had learned for years um and uh and that worked pretty well actually and uh i remember in fact i remember when the first device came out with the keyboard i was good enough at graffiti that i was hesitant i was like do i really want a little keyboard and then my next question is why is the little keyboard in the same layout as the big keyboard why is it in qwerty that that's inefficient <laughs> why on earth did they do that um <laughs> but they did and they still do although now that it's a virtual keyboard you can actually change those if you don't like the qwerty layout um you know which we're all we're all used to it so talking about interfaces i've i've always had a fascination with different ways to do similar jobs and maybe finding an even newer and better way and i'm thinking when they get the uh uh, uh ar and uh what's it v vr is it AR, virtual VR, reality uh, yeah. stuff virtual reality and yeah where they're basically using video to look at you and they're also with by putting goggles on or glasses that people have, they can track your eye. So now your eyes, eyeballs can can be looking at certain things, and that can be an input device, right? I mean, sure. man, I'm interested in this. So therefore, uh, you could yeah. you, you might consider changing the whole interface as to how you what you yeah. see. You can certainly select things by looking at it, and then either blinking right. or or closing one eye or squinting. I mean, you have a, a variety of facial gestures that you can use, right? Yeah, that yeah. that it should be able to pick up on. So, yeah, 
I can see yeah, us all walking around, you know, squinting and blinking and stuff. Imagine how our facial muscles will get stronger. We'll all we'll all look thinner <laughs> in the face. Well, we'll be tired. You know, your your face yeah. will just be droopy because it's worn <laughs> out. Yeah. Yeah. I I was reading an article the other day about uh, people who have terrible uh, handicaps and injuries, and and mm -hmm. so just in order to have normal capabilities, a lot of times they have to go through training sessions, and one of them that they always keep kind of falling back to are sensors on your forearm or on your in your hand to basically mm -hmm. sense various muscles where you, that you can con knowingly control you know mm -hmm. and because uh, they're kind of easy to do uh, there's little s stress sensors like you put on wood or something to test right. stress strain stuff like that yeah and, yeah and, and so it's pretty slight changes that that you can uh, teach stuff people to do things, and it, yeah. and they're they're getting really good at it. So that uh, you know we all have, uh, assuming you don't lose an entire arm or something or both arms, you know, most people still have something left if they, if their hands are really badly damaged, of where the muscles can still uh, right if you just look at the inside of your wrist when you force a yourself and move your wrist around. There's all kinds of different shapes and stuff that your skin moves. And so that can be useful, you know? Yeah. And, and yeah, it it's amazing how sensitive those sensors are. People don't realize, you know, how little it takes for things to recognize it. Like, you know, the beauty rest sells a, a sleep sensor that goes underneath your mattress. And I have 13 inch thick latex mattress and through 13 inches thick of latex, it can tell my breathing rate, my heart rate, and subtle motions to know whether or not I'm in REM sleep versus deep sleep. I mean, it's 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 really um, pretty astounding, you know. And it tracks yeah. like how many hours of sleep I get, um, you know, and then comes back and gives you you know recommendations if you're if you're not sleeping well. Here's some things you might want to consider, you know. Yeah. Usually one well, of them is, hey, exer exercise during the day, well, not right before you go to sleep, but during the day will help you sleep better at night. So don't don't sit on your fanny talking on the radio all day. <laughs> <laughs> but but anyway, uh, a little bit more about this injury thing that I read about. The guy was apparently mm -hmm. given the sensors are one part of it, but the other is feedback. And so he was learning to control things that appeared on a screen, you know, like an iPad or computer screen whatever and and then he would uh, go through certain exercises to con to learn to control each of these these muscle groups and then they could attach it to a particular functional aspect you know like you wanted to move a cursor when he got good enough that you could move the cursor on the screen you know and and it and by doing it automatically it just became reflexive you knew how to do that and then he could add more features along with it. So I, it was an interesting discussion of, of how you train somebody to use a brand new capability. You know, it was something that mm -hmm. was the best option for being able to do things, be independent, you know. So uh, you're motivated, but then it doesn't take very long, it said, to, for people to get pretty dang skillful with with brand new brand new stuff that they've never done before in their life, you know. So, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, and it's I, great to be able to, to extend their ability to to interact with the world by using that technology. 
Yeah, I, I, I thought it was just marvelous to read about it and to think about the people that are bene benefiting from that kind of stuff, you know, because uh, it's really tragic what what life can leave you if you don't have any options at all, you know, your 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 standard, you know, you, mechanism. You you can have a brain that sit there working fine and doesn't have anything to control, you know. Yeah, can you imagine? That? I mean, that's worse than being in prison, right? Because you're that's, you're basically yeah. imprisoned in your own body. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. You know, you feel for those people. I mean, it's, it's it's I can't imagine how incredibly difficult it is and how how incredibly boring life can become at times too. Right. Uh, right. If you don't have ways to do things for yourself or or even worse, if you can't communicate that even. Well, that's um, that's often the first thing is some way to write or or signal to people your needs and, and right and feelings and stuff, you know. Yeah. So. Anyway, yeah. it's a, so it's one of the best best applications for technology. I mean, it's like if you want a a, a grand uh, vision of, of the value of technologies that, you know, ask somebody who, who couldn't communicate well before that now has a way of like, you know, uh, like, well, you think about before he died, you know, um, the physicist, um, uh, yeah, I know Stephen Hawking, mean. Stephen Hawking, Hawking yeah. you know, I mean, he communicated for decades using technology, uh, that allowed him to speak to people, which, you know, I mean, it was slow and cumbersome, but he was able to do it. You know, and yep. he and then he would put together, you know, he would spend time uh, putting together phrases and things that he wanted to say beforehand so that he could then, you know, initiate it when he was talking to people. You know, that voice, by the way, that very distinct to like computer voice. Yeah, um, I, I guess he owns the rights to that or he did own the rights to that before he passed. And now I guess his 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 uh, his uh, heirs own the right to that so that other people can't use that voice. That they the the company that invented it because he made it so popular they you know and there's much better voices out there but he always stayed with that one because that was him that was his voice you sure. know and he recognized and wanna, that that was and you identifiable you know right just like everybody else has a distinct voice it you know that came to be known known as his voice so yep. so uh, my weather app tells me that it is drizzling out I didn't. Uh, Hadn't looked outside in a while. Don't know what it's like outside the cocoon, huh? Yeah. Well, now it says it's cloudy and clear, so I don't know. This thing sometimes has to update. So maybe the last time I looked at it, it was drizzling and it just hadn't updated since I opened, hadn't opened the app. So <laughs> maybe I'm mistaken. By the way, every once in a while, my on my phone, the there's a little filter uh, adjustment, uh, and uh, in order to see what you're looking at on some. I guess it's messages or something, and it mm -hmm. instead of instead of all messages, somehow that gets changed to where I got stuff that's sometimes a year or two old that appear on my thing. And as soon as I see a message that's you know a month more than a month old, I said, you know, <laughs> I don't there's something wrong with the filter. I have to keep changing it back, and, yeah. and I don't what's doing it, but uh, by golly, uh, it's annoying. And I, I'm going to have to go see, search online and see if anybody else has had the same problem and tell me what how to fix it. Because, by the way, I did finally the other day search and, and figured out and found out how to fix my. Uh, 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 I, I lost the search capability in my phone. You know, you pull down from the top and you search. Mm -hmm. That's one of the most used used things I ever had. I, I'm always searching for something. You know, right? I got I got too many apps on there to be looking for them and finding sure. where they are 
So yeah, thumbing anyway, through, looking at, at folders, and, trying anyway, to figure out what's in anyway, there. Anyway, I knew this was going to be a restart thing, but the guy says before you do it, you must, you know, pull down your apps and then shove them off the screen. You know, those where you you find the live apps that are oh, just kill to, all the apps, right? Yeah, that are yeah, running, kill, or at least flip flip them off. And right. man, I I can see why. I must have had two hundred apps. I mean, I got tired flipping. It was yeah. incredible, apps that I hadn't even hadn't even yeah, hadn't run about. in months, right? Oh, years maybe. I don't know. Yeah. So it was just getting jogged. It's interesting that he said do that, that because I've I've heard that that you should never clear that queue. That that well, it's I did supposed too. to take care of itself because there was a time when everybody was saying yeah 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 could just go you know clear the queue and free the memory up and it's like no Apple has a pretty solid memory management system and so you don't need to do that. In fact, you shouldn't do that. So. But now yeah, you're saying I, that at I least there was one article. instance where that where that that should happen. Yeah. So I'd what was like the deal to... then? When you when you pulled down from the top to do the search, what happened? You just it wouldn't pull down. There was I, nothing I, there. I, I I got a gray screen and I couldn't go anywhere from there. It was just hung up. Okay. And the only thing is to power off and power back on. That was the only thing I could do to get out of it. Wow. So it basically hung your 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 it, computer, hung yes. your phone up every time you. So so I'm guessing that this queue of all of those programs was overloaded and it was banging into some something else some storage mm-hmm. somewhere so maybe there's that was a flaw the in their memory management uh somewhere that is uh uh not well handled right that was an inelegant failure so yeah. interesting that was a horrible very interesting failure. um yeah yeah because yeah, so, yeah usually i recommend people don't go clear that nowadays um, yeah, I but, wonder but too this, if that's unique to the version of the OS that you have, and that maybe subsequent version, previous versions maybe didn't. Maybe it was something that was introduced. You know, somebody was changing something and didn't realize it would affect that, and it might be fixed yeah. in a later one. Um, well, because you, know, you, you have a Series I, Ten, do you know what version OS you're running? Are you running the latest? Yeah, I got the latest, uh, but I think it was the last uh, OS update that, uh, or just before that. I noticed one day that something really seemed odd, and it was kind of mm-hmm. like I had interrupted an update cycle, unknowing. You know, I got up in the middle of the night and got my phone or something. Right. And it was it was doing an update, and uh, you know, and I somehow interrupted it, and that's yeah. that's well, that's whenever that possible. was. That's what that's when this first started happening. So I blamed mm-hmm. interruption of something. Yeah, and you know, it might not have even been a uh, an OS update. It could have been an app update because that generally happens in the background now too. And yeah, so, you know, yeah. the apps will update automatically. And, and generally speaking, your system tries to make those things happen when you're not actively using it, which would be in the middle of the night. But if you happen to get up and check your phone for something, it could yep. and, and, you know, it could have caused something like that to go bonkers because it happens. Yeah, yeah. You and, know, people wake up what? and they check their phone or, you know. I, you know, if something comes into my mind, I don't even think about it. I just do it, you know? Yeah. And, and, yeah, and you shouldn't have to, right? It should right. it should fail ele- elegantly, meaning if, if you interrupt something, it should stop doing that, let you do what you want to do, and then go back to doing it when you're done without uh, well, and, causing and just, problems. But and just nothing's perfect, of, I guess. Just the act of me picking it up and taking it off the charger alone should have given them plenty of milliseconds to, to secure things and be safe, you know? Exactly. So nothing goes wrong. So, some, somehow it didn't uh, didn't work right because I got I got this sinking feeling that I had caused some kind of problem. You know. <laughs> yeah. I forgot what the yeah. symptoms were, but something, you always something know wrong. 
something doesn't quite behave the same way. Yeah, well, when the issue is that your uh, your phone goes to a gray screen and fails to function as a phone anymore, um, yeah, that's a major catastrophe, right? And it's like, yep. and then you have to reboot. But no, at least it was repro- no, oh, well, power you, on, power off. I mean, power on, power uh, off. Well, that's, that's not, that. To me, that's, to me, powering on not, and powering off is rebooting. That's not doing a re, uh, uh, a forced restart right. or, yeah. This is doing that, a screen and, reset or something. I, yeah. I'm not sure. It's basically a soft reboot. Yeah. Uh, as opposed to a hard reboot. But the, um, yeah, the, uh, you know, that's just not the way things are supposed to happen, right? Even if something goes wrong, the operating system should catch that and uh, and say, yeah. you know, wait a minute, let's bail out of this so that we can do that. But Why it was, was reproducible so that you could have, re- you know, you could have, yeah. um, you know, gotten a hold of like Apple support and said, every time I do this, do that. Uh, but they may have done exactly what you found. In fact, I usually exhaust those alternatives before I would try to reach out to Apple support, you know, go through the knowledge bases. Mm-hmm. Well, I'll and, tell you, uh, I can't, I can't tell you how many, how many times I caused that to happen just because it's almost automatic with me. I'll turn on right. the phone and swipe it down and, oh, I did it again, you know? Yeah, yeah, because <laughs> you're looking for an app and it's like, I'm not even going to go look. I just, that's where I go, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I have like a a front page and, you know, the stuff that I use all the time is on the front page. And then the second page has a few things that I use, but less frequently. And beyond that, I seldom go to the other pages. Then I do the search. Yep. You know, and I'm looking at it here and I've got like five or six pages beyond the front page. And then I have that app library at the back that is Apple's sorting of all my stuff. Yeah. Yeah. That's so far back that I don't even see it. As I don't least. either. I don't either. You know, and I did get rid of a lot of stuff on my on my app, but on my phone, and I could probably get rid of it now. But you know, I've got a family plan, and so my phone is set up to that anything is installed by the uh, on my account gets automatically installed on my phone. And the reason I did that was when my kids were younger, I didn't want them going and inst- I wanted to see what they were installing first of all if it was a free thing. But if they were buying something that was costing me money, I wanted to know about it and get on them. And to their credit, my daughters have never downloaded something that costs money without talking to me about it first. They've asked, yeah. um, you know, and uh, and but I mean, you know, when they were kids in high school, that was that was dicey stuff. Right. You know, it's like, yeah. OK, the kid now has a phone and 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 has access. To, I mean, I could have cut them off and said, no, you can't have a you know, I could have blocked them from downloading anything. But but then the phone becomes a lot less functional. And so. Right. Um, you know, I just said, yeah, you can download free things, but if it's, if there's a cost involved or if you want to do an in-app purchase, you need to ask before you do that. And they always have either that, or I maybe missed it, but I mean, they, they've been really good about that even to this day, because I still have them on my phone account, uh, and stuff. So if they want to get something, they usually, you know, shoot me a text or a call or at the very least, and they're, you know, they're adults. They will say, hey, I bought this, and then they'll, you know, Apple pay some money through the Messages app or something for the for the dollar or the $5 <laughs> or whatever it is. You know, and usually I don't care about it, you know, one way or the other at this point. So, like I said, I should probably turn that off because I really don't need everything that everybody has on their phones on my phone, you know. Yeah. Uh, I remember there was a time when one of them was buying, like, these apps that helped you put makeup on. And I'm like, how come there's 43 makeup apps? Because <laughs> they were just going through and trying them all. You know, they were trying them out, see which app. You know, I'm like, oh, my goodness. Uh, so I'm in there deleting apps like crazy. <laughs> I don't want any more makeup apps. Um, yeah. 
but yeah, uh, we, we, we but that was my little. Let, let Haley's boys put stuff on one of Mom's iPads and mm -hmm. stuff, but it got so cluttered with crap, you know. Yeah, yeah, because everybody adds, but nobody ever subtracts. Right? Yep. <laughs> but and you're like, come now, on, take it off. Now they mostly use the stuff on Apple TV. They like that yeah. better. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the games are probably more fun there. Although I got to yeah. say, if you're using the Apple remote as your controller, then that's no fun. No, no. <laughs> that's a terrible control. It's a bad controller for just television, much less for gaming. Yep. I think that's the, you know, if, if, if they replace the Apple TV, what they need to do is two things. First of all, they need to make available as a package, if you want it, an Apple TV with a game controller. So if you want people to take the games on the Apple TV seriously, they give them a game controller like a, a an Xbox or a PlayStation or a Nintendo. And then secondly, and that shouldn't come with all of them because some people will never, ever use those that, that functionality. And secondly, then the re the main remote that comes with it, there's an example of Johnny Ive making an elegant and beautiful simple remote that's tiny and slippery and has a touch surface. So every time you pick it up, you accidentally change something on the screen. It's a piece of garbage. Yeah. It's a hot mess. In fact, all of my Apple remotes, I have these little silicone sleeves so that at least you can pick it up and see which way is up and which way is down. Because too often you pick the thing up and you pick it up from the wrong end and you're pushing on a hard piece of plastic and your palm is rubbing against the touch sensor and things on the screen are changed 14 times while you're trying to figure out how to pick up the remote and get it the right direction and hit the right button. And it's like, oh my gosh, what a horrible yeah. mess that thing is. I mean, there's well, an example of, of design clarity gone amuck. I know, you've got to eat. Yeah. <laughs> so... Um, so why don't we wrap it up? Thank you so much for joining us with Gener on Generation Tech today. Uh, we do apologize for the day delay. That's totally on me. I had set up a remote uh, uh, to, to host our, our conversation remotely and uh, neglected to verify that all my batteries were charged. And so my mixer was batteryless, and I didn't have replacement batteries handy. So uh, totally on me, but... Uh, we appreciate you listening and uh, and your patience for the show coming out a day late this week. And we'll see you next week. Enjoyed it, Todd. Have a good one. Me too. You too. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.